Psalm 78, verses 32 through 48. These are God's words. In spite of this, they still sinned and did not believe in his wondrous works. Therefore, their days he consumed in futility, and their years in fear. When he slew them, then they sought him, and they returned and sought earnestly for God. Then they remembered that God was their rock, and the Most High God their Redeemer. Nevertheless, they flattered him with their mouth. And they lied to him with their tongue, for their heart was not steadfast with him, nor were they faithful in his covenant. But he, being full of compassion, forgave their iniquity and did not destroy them. Yes, many a time he turned his anger away and did not stir up all his wrath. For he remembered that they were but flesh, a breath, a breath that passes away and does not come again. How often they provoked him in the wilderness and grieved him in the desert. Yes, again and again they tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. They did not remember his power the day when he redeemed them from the enemy, when he worked his signs in Egypt and his wonders in the field of Zoe and turned their rivers into blood and their streams that they could not drink. He sent swarms of flies among them which devoured them and frogs which destroyed them. He also gave their crops to the caterpillar and their labor to the locust. He destroyed their vines with hail and their sycamore trees with frost. He also gave up their cattle to the hail and their flocks to fiery lightning. So far, the reading of God's inspired and inerrant word. There's a great trap that we can fall into in the Christian life of resting upon our experiences or feelings that we have had thinking that because of how vivid the experience is or how sincere the emotion feels, that this is what uh, verifies that our repentance and faith are authentic. Or, knowing that our repentance and faith are not what they should be, uh, and thinking that if we could just have a vivid enough experience, or a sincerely enough felt emotion, that that would verify that our repentance and faith are genuine. The fact of the matter is, nothing can verify the genuineness of our repentance and faith except God's work. And the great way that God works in us is not the vividness of experience, or how sincerely felt are our emotions. The Lord is, uh, according to his pattern, the last 6,000 years, unlikely to outdo for us vividness of experience over that which the Exodus generation got to experience. Watching as the river turns to blood and swarms of flies uh, picking especially uh, the first plague, the flies, in which God made a distinction. And all of Egypt, black with flies except Goshen, where there wasn't a fly. 
the experience of the frogs, the destruction of the crops, first with uh, the locusts and then with the hail. And if we were to go on to the portion that we're, uh, we're hoping to have next week, by God's help, the death of all of the firstborn in Egypt, and that night of the Passover, knowing that God was sparing the firstborn of Israel, and the flock, the being led like a flock through the wilderness, the pillar of cloud and fire. Those of you who were with us while well, we read last night and remembering the the missionary who, before Iran was technologically developed, um, was talking about how you have to have a light in the wilderness, not just a path. Uh, because if it's dark, you're going to go right off of that path. But they had the pillar of fire at night as their light. And passing through the Red Sea. Do we think that we are going to have more vivid supernatural experience than that? And yet, what did it do for them? In spite of this, still they sinned, is the testimony of verse 32. Yet they tested and provoked the Most High God, is the testimony. Of verse 56. Now this sinning and this testing of God, it wasn't even with great self-awareness. Because they sincerely thought that they were repenting. When he slew them, they sought him, and they returned and sought earnestly for God. They thought they were seeking earnestly for God. They remembered that God was their rock. And the Most High God, their Redeemer. They had good theology about God. And they thought they were holding to that theology. Verses 34 and 35 are emotionally sincere, theologically sure. And yet, because of the greatness of our capacity for self-deception, completely, disastrously false. Nevertheless, they flattered him with their mouth and lied to him with their tongue. And so what's the solution? Well, the first great solution is not to hope in how we remember God. Verse 35, they remembered God that, that God was their rock because they thought they were remembering God, but God's uh, assessment, verdict in verse 42 is they did not remember his power the day when he redeemed them from the enemy. So there's remembering and there's remembering. There is remembering that is a merely intellectual exercise with which we comfort ourselves. And then there is the remembering that is the stirring up of spirit-given faith to know and embrace God in life, in reality, to be who he says he is. That knowing that melts our disobedience and stirs up our uh, our love so that we hate the disobedience and we want to obey because he is ours and he has made ourself his own. That convincing of the heart that only the spirit does. Well, if vivid experiences and sincerely felt emotions aren't the primary way that God does that, then what is? Well, we have it in this psalm. It's one of the great themes of the psalm. Verse 5. For he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, 
which he commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children, that the generation to come might know them, the children who would be born, that they may arise and declare them to their children, that they may set their hope in God and not forget the works of God. What does it look like to actually remember? Verse 7, but keep his commandments and may not be like their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation. So what's he saying? He's saying God's words on the lips, not of faithful fathers, but God's words on the lips even of sinful fathers are his appointed means for doing what the vivid experience of the plagues in Egypt couldn't do, what the vivid experience of God's miracles in the wilderness couldn't do, what the sincerely felt emotions of self-unaware, self-deceiving sinners like we are couldn't do. God's word in the assembly week by week, in the home day by day, what he is giving us now, so good is our God, so that we come not to hope in how we remember him, but to hope that the God who has given us this word has given it to us because he is remembering us. Look, we are not full of sincerity or truth or obedience, but look at verse 38. He, being full of compassion, forgave their iniquity. Verse 39, for he remembered that they were but flesh, a breath that passes away and does not come again. And so it is his being full of compassion. It's his being authentic that is the key to our salvation. It's his remembering us, not our remembering him. Because his word is not a breath that passes away. We are the breath that passes away. So what does he do? He gives us his word. He gives us for fathers to teach their children and one generation to teach the next generation. Fathers the children in the house. One generation the next generation in the assembly. And his spirit makes his word that is genuine and sincere to be the means by which he works in us. And so we can admit whenever his word pricks our conscience, whenever we are aware that we are not being wholehearted toward God, we can admit that we are like that. Because our hope is that he is like he says he is. And that he is working in us by the word that he has given us in the spirit who is the Lord, who works in us by that word. Let's ask him to do so. Our Father in heaven, we know that what you say about sinners is true of us, for we are sinners. We know that we can't trust our experiences, our theological certainty, our um, emotional sincerity. We must trust you. We must trust that you remember us. We must trust that your word will never pass away. And so we look to you, we ask for the help of your Spirit, we ask that he would work in us genuinely what so many generations who have gone before falsely thought was true of them. O Lord, do not give up us or our children to the same end as such generations came to. But we do praise you that there are many in whom you work genuine faith, and that it is your will that they should not come into the full inheritance without us. 
And so keep us, we pray, by your word. Make it to dwell richly in us. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. And bring us safely all the way home in Jesus Christ. In whose name we ask it. Amen.